0: So I've discovered that my dog has secretly made the recliner her bed, and I had no idea. Until recently. Remember I told you I took the trash out a couple days ago, and I wasn't even outside 60 seconds, and I come in, the dog's sitting straight up in my recliner, just hanging out. I think she was looking out the window. Well, tonight, because I was in a bit of a tizzy, I was bringing baked goods for the newsroom. I've got Christmas gifts with me. I've got Grinch slippers. Jay and I are trying to do a video for Christmas. I'm carrying whatever else. Who even knows? I uh, somehow only brought one glove though. I have two. I know I do because I looked at them both in the kitchen and only one of them ended up in my car. So I drove with one glove. Anyway, I accidentally in my tizzy left my bag in the house, grabbed the coffee, left the bag. I suppose if you have to make a choice, but I needed my bag. So I turn off the car, annoying as heck. I go back inside. I haven't even been in my car for 45 seconds. Go back inside. The dog was sitting at the front door when I left. Do you know she was already curled up in my recliner? 45 seconds after I walk out. The dog's got my schedule down. She didn't expect me to turn around and come back inside because I never do. Once I turn off the lights, unplug the Christmas tree lights, and lock the door, she knows I'm gone. 45 seconds. The dog is already curled up in a comfy ball in my recliner. Are you kidding me? We got dogs, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to set some new ground rules. I don't care if she's 13. It's time to go back to basics. <laughs> but can I tell you something hysterical? This is the same dog who conked out for four hours on a towel in my foyer on Wednesday evening. Wait, is it Wednesday? It is Wednesday, right? Yes. So the the dog uh, was going out in the backyard where I still have snow, and she was running around in the backyard, and so I had a towel down to wipe off her feet, and I had moved that towel into the foyer near the front door. After she got her treat and blah, blah, whatever, got her shot and got her treat, she curls up on a towel. She slept on that towel for the next four hours, didn't move. Well, that's not true. She did move, but only long enough to to turn over and get a comfy position on the towel again, snoring away on a towel. So she can sleep on a towel while I'm in the house, pretending that that's the comfiest spot she's ever seen. By the way, she does have multiple beds in the house, but apparently the towel is the most comfortable thing. And then 45 seconds after I leave, the dog is in the chair. Not only is she sneaky, but she's deceitful. That dog is too smart for her own good. So I couldn't find her, right? I walked back in the house. I thought, where's the dog? Oh, no. She She thought she was shielded because it was dark. Also she probably didn't hear me walk back in because she's half deaf. She, Jay, thought she was in the clear. The dog has taken over all the furnitures. All of them. I she's mean, decided this is it that she's old and she can sleep wherever she wants. I just can't believe she can get in the chair because the chair is not real low to the ground it's a recliner, right? So it's up and the it's it's higher than the couch and yet somehow she has no trouble. Big faker
1: right yeah that's what i was gonna say i know when she used to go on the couch that was a thing a couple months ago she started to do that and i was impressed that she was able to get up there and now the chair is even higher and unbelievable i I think she's doing different things when you're not around oh i think
0: so too 45 seconds she thought she got the all clear it was time to get in the chair that is sneaky she was gonna sit in the chair the entire night i mean she looks so comfy too but i made her get down I know I'm a terrible dog mom. I made her get down. I couldn't just let her sit there while I was in the house.
1: Well, you got yeah, you got to at least try to set some ground rules if you don't want her up there. But do you think that she would hear the car come in the driveway on the way home and get down? Well, she sees the lights,
0: yes, and and she would hear the car. But also, it's still relatively dark when I get home in the morning. And so I'm assuming that she also sees the lights or hears me get in and out of the car, shut the door. Does it make me a terrible person that I put a bin in the chair so that she couldn't get back in the chair? Because I was pretty sure the second I left, she was going to get back in the chair again. Oh, probably. So I I put a couple of items in the chair so she can't. So watch, I'll get home and the couch cushions, I have some Christmas couch, some Christmas cushions on my couch. They'll be on the floor and she'll have gotten on the couch. I'm not giving up. The couch, I said she could sleep on the couch. I do not want her in my recliner.
1: She's just seeing what else she can get at this point
0: then. <laughs> just greedy This is the thing with Penny If there's even two Pieces of cat food in Left in the dish She eats that When I take her water away Because she's older So sometimes she dribbles When I take her water away She's been drinking like a camel uh, She goes and drinks the cat water I, I mean she She just is very resourceful <laughs>
1: That's one word for it.
0: <laughs> when I block the couch off with cushions, apparently she's decided the chair is her thing. Watch, now that I've blocked off the chair, the couch is going to have a nice warm spot in the middle of it where she's been curled up all night. That dog.
1: That's a smart, she's very smart. It's war. <laughs> yeah, honestly yeah no. that's what she wants I think. You,
0: you guys always yell at me and tell me to let her sleep wherever she wants because she's 13 years old and so she should be able to do what she wants but I just I can't quite let it go I like, think she thinks that oh she's pretty sure that she can in fact she's very sneaky the dog is very sneaky not to mention click 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 all over the floor whenever she needs to, to wake me up that's the thing
1: I think wise is a good word for Penny. Very wise.
0: (laughs) She is old and wise. And actually, she's getting groomed this weekend while I'm in Virginia. So hopefully the groomer will cut those nails. And so I won't hear click, 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 click. It's my soundtrack for Christmas.
1: Yeah, Everywhere.
0: Yes. But the one thing I won't do to Penny, maybe I will. Maybe I will if she continues to sleep in the chair. Put Christmas costumes on her. Maybe I'll put Christmas antlers <laughs> that, on her.
1: That would be war.
0: What would you do if I put Christmas antlers on my dog and took a picture?
1: Oh my gosh, she'd be like the dog from the Grinch. She'd
0: be so mad, so she mad. Would hate it. Yeah, she would. She would. I, I can imagine then she would decide that she was gonna get on my bed somehow.
1: <laughs> we got we got a Santa hat for my dog Moose, and he. I have a picture of him on it. I think that was the only one we ever got because he's his face was just. They, they don't like that. No. Why would you
0: do that to your dog? Because
1: uh, it looked cute, but and then he, just, he his face just wasn't having it, so yeah. that was the end of that.
0: You better be careful. You might find out that there's poo somewhere in a closet. <laughs> there was. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> if Penny ever did that, she's sleeping outside. No, no, she's not. I'm just kidding. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Tales of the petulant penny. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. This is my last show of this week. Before you go, oh, she's on vacation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she is driving eight hours tomorrow, so don't, don't think I'm on some big old vacation, big old joy ride. Nope, eight hours, and right in the middle of a nor'easter that's expected to drop snow, sleet, and rain. Plus the wind. So yippee for me. (laughs) The things we do for the people we love. My niece is graduating from college on Friday morning, so I need to get there. Very excited. My mom and her husband made it to the D.C. area just a few hours ago. We've got other family there as well. So the seven members of the family in D.C. are taking the trek to Blacksburg, Virginia, which is where Virginia Tech is located. I am driving from New Jersey, and then my niece is already on campus. There will be nine of us for this graduation celebration on Friday, and then uh, we'll head back to my brother's house. So looking forward to that. Really excited and proud for her. She's graduating summa cum laude. Way to go, Lauren. And she's already got a job waiting for her. Really proud of her. Uh, She actually got offered a job by the company where she interned the last couple summers. Here's something strange, though. She's never actually been in the office because both her first summer, which was 21, and this summer, which was 22, She interned remotely, so her office was essentially her bedroom where she, how did I set up? And she did dress up when she had to be on camera for Zoom calls and presentations, and they offered her a job in September. So even before she'd started her final semester, she already had a job offer. I'm very proud of her. She is Just a a most amazing young woman who has had to come through college in the middle of a pandemic and yet has thrived and is graduating with a degree in business information, technology, and just thrilled to see where she goes from here. She's more reserved than my older niece. Uh, She's one of those young people who is comfortable in her space, But if she gets too far outside her comfort zone, well, then she gets a little nervous and and maybe a little insecure. So I'm really proud of her for the fact that she's got a job already, that she's been on campus for the better part of four years and has figured out how to not only excel, but to uh, graduate summa cum laude. And I'm just... Can't wait to see her. Can't wait to see the family. Even if it means driving eight hours in a Nor'easter. So I will not be here tomorrow night, which means we're going to do a ton of Week 15 football prep tonight. Also, really excited because we are pleased to welcome back our friend Jesse Bradley, former pro soccer goalie on the international stage. He's in Seattle now, which is a soccer hotbed. For those of you who are still into the World Cup, even post-USA run, Messi, Messi, Lionel Messi is finally into a World Cup championship match. First time for him. He's waited a long time. Messi, 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 Messi. It's so messy, And he's playing some of the best soccer of his life. Actually, he might be the Tom Brady of the U, not U.S. soccer, sorry. Tom Brady of the soccer community because there's no drop off in his game even though he is now well into his mid-30s. What do we say, 36? 36 for Messi?
1: 36 or 37,
0: yeah. Uh, so it, it's awesome to see his joy and his emotion, but also his skill. The, the way that he sparks Argentina, it, it, there aren't even enough words for the next four hours to to really underscore what he's meant to that national team. But you know he's also emotional to a fault. He's threatened to quit in the past over frustration, feeling like the team was never going to have a breakthrough. So finally, Argentina has gotten to the final against the defending champion, France. So that is coming up on Sunday for those of you who are into it. But Jesse's going to join us top of next hour, and we'll look at the U.S. men's national team run. In addition to that, we'll talk to him about the upcoming World Cup. So this is four, well, three and a half years from now when it lands in North America. The United States being the primary host, but Canada and Mexico will also host matches in 2026 and then Messi's first final. So really excited to welcome Jesse one last time before this World Cup is done, before the holidays. That'll happen at the top of next hour here on CBS Sports Radio. By this time, you should know what this is. It is the After Hours Christmas Mason Jar full of M&Ms, mostly red and green, that I picked out myself. Jay, I feel like there's some missing Do you think anyone has opened up the jar? Well, any reports of someone losing a finger? No reports that I've heard. Right. I'm just going to trust that no one has opened up the booby-trapped mason jar yet.
1: Yeah, we got it rigged, right? We we do have it rigged. I'm not opening that.
0: Yes. So the mason jar has its own video. I mean, it's it's a superstar. So check it out on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on my Twitter, A Law Radio. You have until next Tuesday. So next Tuesday morning is really the end of your ability to estimate to win after hours swag. By the way, if you don't know what kind of swag we're talking, there is a video on our YouTube channel. Shows you the swag. In fact, Jay modeled the swag and then never gave the swag back. (laughs) So, Jay is in full possession of After Hours swag and he refuses to relinquish it, even though it's not supposed to be for him. So, if you're looking for that, the unboxing video on our YouTube channel will show you the swag we're talking. I have seen some outrageous guesses, and I mean outrageous. But Jay, do you know we're over a thousand now? Over a thousand guesses. So you've got work to do next week.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be a lot of counting.
0: It is going to be we'll a lot there. of counting. But I am am sure that after two times counting the M and M's, you'll get the same number both times, and you won't have to count a third time.
1: Yes, that will be the case.
0: Double check your work. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen the video, it's got my favorite Christmas song attached to it as a soundtrack. Again, on Twitter or it's pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Thanks so much for finding us on social media. We have had some kind of traffic on our social media lately. And I haven't even checked our YouTube channel, but we are getting ready to post a Christmas video on YouTube as well. That'll come up in the next couple of days. So please check it out. Everything from the Christmas mason jar full of M&Ms to... Well, the, the latest version of Ask Amy Anything on video, which does feature a holiday flair, uh, and then some other goodies coming up in our social media over the next few days. Actually, we're just, what, 16 days from the end of the year? <laughs> what? And since Jay is out all of Christmas week or the week between Christmas and New Year's, Oh, I'm going to have all kinds of fun with our social media. He's not around to double check me or to tell me that's not a good idea. So I'm just going to have all kinds of fun doing stuff on social Uh, media. Oh, yeah. When the boss is away. Is the boss ever away? Yeah, we have no idea. Our our boss is absentee. So we, well, at least as far as we're concerned. So we don't actually know. We're our own bosses. uh, But Jay sometimes tells me what's a good idea, what's not a good idea. Well, since he's not going to be around, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing on our social media. It's going to be fantastic. I might post videos of who knows what. Well, I always bring props. Like, for instance, the Grinch slippers. We haven't recorded our Christmas video yet, but if these Grinch slippers disappear, I'll know. There's only a few people that could have stolen them. Tell me you love them.
1: They're pretty sweet. They I are.
0: So the the top... First of all, they're cushy. The top has the Grinch in his, well, with that evil smile of his. And he's got a stocking hat on. And the stocking hat is in, is three-dimensional. So it it really, there is a stocking hat on each of the slippers. And they're ugly as sin. The colors, they're just bright red and green with the olive green face. It's actually olive, kind of yellow face of the Grinch with very his insidious. yellow eyes. Oh, very insidious. And fuzzy. There's a pom-pom We're at the end of the hat. I'm telling you, once you try these on, you're going to want to walk around the newsroom in them. And did you like the headband with the Christmas lights that twinkle?
1: That was a little different than what I was expecting. What were you expecting? (laughs) I'm not really sure, but that one kind of looked like, I mean, I like it. I'm going to wear it. You are going to wear it. I'm going to wear it, but it's... uh, it's it's interesting. Not something I think I would get for myself, but I'll, I'll wear it. I'll sport it. I'll well, I didn't it. say you
0: could have it, I just said you have to wear it.
1: Well, I know. I don't think it's something I'd to try on, but. Can you imagine here. if I
0: tried to make Penny wear that? OMG. I think she'd
1: probably start another war. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't win. I can never win. All right. We got a lot to do. Really excited about welcoming Jesse Bradley back to the show from Seattle. Top of the hour. Straight ahead. Some anxious moments for the defending NBA champions. And also a huge win for the New York Knicks. We haven't said that in a while, but there's a reason why. Find me on Twitter. A law radio. Also on our Facebook page. After hours with Amy Lawrence. We are just getting started. We're hurtling our way toward the weekend. Mine starts a little bit earlier. Mostly, though, it's the last weekend before Christmas, so a lot of holiday fun, a lot of holiday flair in this show. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours podcast.
2: Heel shovels it back up top. Return from McConnell to Mathurin in the corner. One, two, three, four-point play coming. Draymond Green got there late. Halliburton driving and scooping it off the glass. He's got 27. The Warriors have really been generous defensively here over the last several possessions. The Pacers are getting anything they want. Halliburton has it, bounces it into the lane. Nice handoff. Nembhardt, two-hand slam, Turner. That was a very, very good piece of work by Nemhart, Nemhart against Divincenzo in the lane at the goal, and he banged it in. Really tough play there by Nemhart. Divincenzo makes some work for it; he's able to finish.
1: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
0: Once again, the Golden State Warriors stink on the road, but good for the Indiana Pacers. This is now a 2-13 and road record for the Warriors, the defending NBA champions. Uh, They have given up at least 114 points in every road game, and on this night, the Pacers log 125. Wild swings in this one. Do you know the Pacers scored 47 points in the second quarter? 47 points in the second quarter. Outscoring Golden State by roughly 20 in that quarter alone. So they build this big lead. But then, coming out of halftime, the Warriors play much better defensively. They're in a nice groove. 33-19 is the tally in the third quarter in favor of the Warriors. Unfortunately, in that third quarter, the Warriors lose their star. Halliburton to Smith. Runs into Jerome. Goes up. Blocked by Jermichael Green. Looney gets the
2: ball. Curry's hurt. Curry's hurt. Curry collided with somebody and he has hurt his left shoulder, oh my goodness. Bent over at the waist, Curry in real pain here and this game in Indiana is taking on a very scary turn right now as Curry walks over to the bench under his own power but he is not using that left shoulder for anything. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. So. Um You know, he was ruled out, you know, midway through the fourth. Uh, Training staff told me he wasn't going to play the rest of the night. And um, we'll see. Um, We'll see how he is tomorrow.
0: Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors with the update. Curry did not play after that. And he is awaiting an MRI on Thursday in Philadelphia uh, after injuring that left shoulder so, not only do the Warriors lose their 13th out of 15 road games to start the season, but late in the third quarter as Steph is working on one of those classic Steph games. He was well on his way to 40, potentially even 50. He tried to reach in and strip Jalen Smith of a ball as Smith is driving to the hoop. And if you see the video, I'm not sure if if there's one out there, Jay, if you want to uh, retweet it on our show account, After Hours CBS. As he reaches in... He gets banged on his shoulder, his arm, his left arm, and it gets bent kind of back at an angle that you would think either would be a dislocation or or, or something. Uh, I hope not torn, but maybe a sprain. It was it was just one of those moments where the the force as he's reaching in smashes his arm backward uh, and definitely he was in pain right away as he grabs that left shoulder and is kind of holding it as they go back down the court. So the Warriors do call a timeout. They get him out of the game, and then not that long after, he's in the locker room for the duration. Uh, so Steph Curry, Steph, he's, he's not just important to the Warriors and anything that they want to do this season, and they are back below five hundred again, but he's important to the NBA. He's one of those athletes that people show up to watch. Whether it's in person, he puts butts in the seats, or whether it's on TV. And it's not just because of the defending champions. When the team is bad, people still want to watch Steph Curry play. And so this is unfortunate. What about his pain level, Steve Kerr?
2: I didn't ask about that. I mean, I just trust their judgment. And they said he's he's not going back in. and, And I haven't really, you know, I just... Checked in with him briefly, um, but haven't had a chance to go into detail uh, with him. Steph's always um, a guy with a, uh, a great outlook on life, so he's um, he's in in good spirits, and um, we'll we'll hope for the best.
0: Steve Kerr, following the loss of his star for what was the fourth quarter of a game that had turned a little tighter, Steph had already hit five triples in this one. He had 38 points in 30 minutes to go along with seven rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. So this was a a classic Steph game. And yet, on the road, still allowing far too many points to opponents. Dante Divincenzo, he had 15 points, eight rebounds, but man, doesn't love the way that they're playing away from Chase Center.
1: There's a standard playing for the Golden State Warriors, and I think biggest message is we got to play like freaking Warriors. I think that's the biggest thing is like we have to have that energy. And when we came out the second half, I think we really started that second half playing like the brand of basketball that we should be playing.
2: This has been a, a, a tough uh, start to the season. We're in a tough stretch. You, you know, Maybe it's going to get tougher if Steph's out for a little while. Um, I mean, if he's out, it'll for sure get tougher. But um, you just got to persevere. You just keep playing and you keep fighting.
0: Well, that's always the case, right? No team starts out the season ready to win a championship, not even a team that's defending a title, because every season's different. Every team itself is different. And it's been a roller coaster ride for the Warriors. They play great at home. They do not play well on the road. They just beat the Celtics at home, uh, actually last week or earlier this week. I'm not exactly sure what the date was. But they're just a different team when they are in their own space. And that is not a team that can compete, uh, well, I shouldn't say can't. it's It's not a team at, at this moment that's battle tested and they have a lot of new players around their core, so they've got to figure it out. But without Steph, that job becomes infinitely more difficult. Tim Roy on Warriors Radio, Mark Boyle on Pacers Radio. Ultimately, the Pacers end up with the victory, again, scoring 47 points in that second quarter.
2: I just love the poise of our team. Um, You know, we stayed together. We stayed calm, and we were able to hold them off.
0: That is the key, right? Survive and advance, especially when you get to this point in a season, you've got a quarter behind you at least. You're looking ahead at the halfway point that's not too far down the road. No, the NBA season doesn't start at Christmas, even though that's a popular refrain. So we're going to look at a couple of other games as well. Jalen Brunson settling in nicely with the New York Knicks. Well, they still haven't had a lot of real quality wins as they try to rebound from what was last year's dismal season. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, boy, do they love having Donovan Mitchell in in the fold, in the house. Also, this crazy piece of NBA history that is so up my alley. Actually, with Marco Belletti here in studio, we're going to go ahead and play this particular highlight because this is my kind of hoops.
1: Highland has it between the rings. High pick from Nikola Jokic. Through the window. Joker layup. Good! And there it is. Franchise record for points in the paint for the Denver Nuggets. That's 94 points in the paint. And they lead it by 12. Bones Highland has it. Gets a pick from Nikola Jokic. Gets down the paint. Throws it to Joker. Floater. Got it. 96 points in the paint. I wonder if these stats monitors have enough room for triple digits on paints points. I had no idea that we were close to breaking the record. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Jordan pointed out like around 3, 3.30 go in the game, and uh, I was shocked. You know, you don't see that number very often. Um, so, you know, and everybody wanted us to get 100, but I wasn't going to take a shot that last possession. You know, that's not how you play the game, and especially when you have a friend on the other end. So... Uh, Incredible number. Obviously, um, there was no defensive player of the game tonight because there was no defense in the game.
0: (laughs) That's Mike Malone. And I do appreciate the fact that he wasn't going to force the issue just to set a record when the Denver Nuggets already had this game in hand against the Nuggets. Jason Kosmicki on Nuggets Radio, 98 points in the paint. Oh, that is music to my ears. Sexy points in the paint. You know what that means? Back to the basket. High percentage shots. Mid-range jumpers, which is really a lost art in the NBA. So that's right. Eat it and weep. 98 points. It doesn't necessarily mean all big men. We're not talking Kevin McHale out there. But still, that's that's pretty cool. We're talking inside-out hoops, which doesn't happen a lot anymore.
3: No, not at all. It also means really bad defense. That's just It, it awful. does, yes. That's it means awful. you're
0: not defending your that's, bucket, that's your basket. Awful. yeah. <laughs> you
3: can't allow people to score that close to the rim.
0: <laughs> I and mean, not that frequently. it's a skill. Nikola Jokic had 43 points. Mm-hmm. He's a load. You can know what's going to happen and, and not be able to stop him.
3: Oh him? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> but still
0: that's only half. Ninety eight. <laughs> I mean. Not even half. <laughs> you
3: you, you got to do a little better job defending on that. But at the same time, for the Nuggets though, they know how to do what they do best.
0: Yes, and they know their part identity, of it. and
3: that's that's important.
0: You yes, you set up your MVP. I mean, he should be your first option
3: and second, and his third. <laughs> So, yeah, they got to make sure that they get him involved. And he's also smart enough. It's not like he holds the ball and doesn't know how to pass. I mean, he almost had a triple-double again tonight as well. I mean, he's a guy that knows how to move Mm -hmm. the basketball. And uh, as slow as he is, he gets up the floor, and they can still run with him as well. So, I mean, the Nuggets, again, they got to do their job. But 98 is awesome and terrible all at the same time.
0: But 98 is still 98. Yeah, pretty incredible. Um, Obviously, for the Nuggets, if they're going to – win or even make a run at a title. They need Jamal Murray to stay healthy right. all the way through. So glad to see him back on the court, still getting his, his shot, his rhythm in some games. He takes very few shots actually, and is content to set up. And I know Clay Thompson has pushed back on some of the talk about how he's not the same guy. And he's saying, Hey, I, I need some time. And that's what happens when you have torn ACLs, you have serious major knee injuries specifically. It just takes a while. I'm when human. You- When you play a position where you have to cut not just laterally but back and forth and where you need to count on explosiveness and lift, it can take even longer. So I'm just glad he's on the court. I'm I'm actually happy both those guys are on the court. Okay, question for you. Sure. You're going to be in studio next hour. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you know what Wednesday night slash Thursday morning is? You weren't here when I dubbed it thus on Wednesday morning, we're getting off the air, but I told the rest of the crew, it's really the morning crew, at uh, After Hours, back in our newsroom, or CBS Sports Radio, excuse me, back in our newsroom, that it's the Christmas baking taste testing day. So you're here, and and I have the baked goods, and so I will mm. give you, I'll open up the sample, and you can you can pick a couple. You get first dibs, nobody else has had their paws in there yet. Wow. They're vultures. I, I Jay honored. calls them vultures. So if you don't grab some before you leave, you there won't be anything well, left. Yeah,
3: that's guaranteed. Yeah. Yes. Not around these parts. He's right. We're all vultures. vultures. Yeah. If it's yes. free, it's no. for me. That's yeah, a no, radio that's, motto. Yeah, yes. that's definitely.
0: Well, I slaved. No, I didn't. I enjoy baking. It's really one of my favorite hobbies. Uh, so I baked, let's see, what I do, five or six different treats, and you'll get to pick what you want. But I'll tell you what they are, and then you can choose.
3: All right, I'm in. The, sure. only,
0: the only the catch is you have to love them.
3: <laughs> Done. Uh, I okay, mean, good. This is the catch? I was waiting for an actual real catch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I'm good. All right, sweet. That's coming up next hour. Taste testing with Marco.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
3: Randall in the paint. Double. Splits it. Triple team to grudge. Left wing three. Front rim, and good! It got the bounce! Quinn grimes with the shooter's roll, and the Knicks lead by six. Brunson high left against Caruso, circling to the corner.
2: Crossover, ankle breaker, knocks down the three! Jalen Brunson puts the Knicks up by nine with 27.9 to go in overtime, and that should be it in the Windy City. Wow! Wow! Well, I started out
1: terribly, uh, 0 for 4, and then um, just had to slow down a little bit. But guys stay patient, guys stay poised, and uh, I got a great set of teammates who keep me confident and keep me uh, level-headed. It's a credit to them. And uh, they just, they push me, coaches push me, and I just do what I can. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
0: The voice of one Jalen Brunson, New York's premier scorer. Number one guy, I would say, number one option in his first year with the Knicks. And you hear his reaction on MSG Network after the Knicks get by the Bulls in overtime. Ed Cohen with the calls on Knicks Radio. An 11 to 3 extra period in favor.
2: Phase- he loves to win. He loves when his teammates do well. I think it's been. Great for our team. I think it's the best type of leadership that you can have. It's just doing the right things each and every day.
0: Jalen Brunson, the piece they hope provides a cornerstone, a foundation for a different culture. We'll, We'll see how much of what's around him now remains if they don't have another winning season or if... The ownership feels like they need to change. Could it be the coaching? Could it be some of the players around him? I know there was a lot of talk that Brunson wasn't a big enough free agent to land or a a big enough scorer to bring to New York for the stage. However, he's putting everything he's got into it. He's thrilled to be with the New York Knicks. Can his spark and his energy and his skills uh, and his culture-changing approach be enough because he wasn't the man uh, in Dallas. He had a great playoffs last year, uh, but he wasn't the number one guy. So can he put a team on his shoulders? That's kind of the, the question, and we'll find out as we head through the season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, I want to tell you how much I appreciate your reaction to our interview with Stefan Kreisnik, who joined us from, well, Starkville, really, Starkville, Mississippi, to talk about what happened with Mike Leach and the impact on campus and also his personal reflections and stories about covering Not just the Bulldogs, but Leach himself, because he was a unique personality. He was a one of a kind, a one of a kind type of of interview. But it wasn't just that, right? It was your personal interactions with him, too. So we would get the public Mike Leach uh, in front of a microphone or on the sidelines. But then there was the private Mike Leach, a self described pirate. And that that personality always kept us guessing. And so many of you have reacted to the conversation we had with Stefan and I really appreciate him sharing his stories uh, and also just kind of sharing with us for people who were on the outside and, and never interacted with him personally, what it was like to cover a team coached by Mike Leach. So if you haven't seen it, it's on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, or it's certainly on Twitter. Our podcast is is how you can get to it directly, After Hours, amylawrence.com. So a big loss in college football, and the sport will never be the same. And it comes right on the heels of soccer losing really a voice that was synonymous with the sport in the United States, Grant Wall passing away in Qatar. And there was talk about how and why he had indicated on his own social media that he'd been battling a cold for multiple weeks and that he felt like burning the candle at both ends was preventing him from healing. He thought it was bronchitis. He was feeling worse as the tournament progressed. And so he ended up going to a medical clinic in Qatar But by now, you've likely heard that he was covering a quarterfinal match and collapsed in the press box, and they were unable to save him. His body has been returned to the U.S. and to his family, and his wife, who is a doctor, was a guest on CBS this morning, and her name is Celine Grounder, and I appreciate that she wanted the world to know what happened to her husband
4: he had an autopsy done here in new york by the new york city medical examiner's office and it showed that he had an aortic aneurysm um that Which means what okay so uh, aorta that's the big blood vessel that comes out of your heart sort of the trunk of all the blood vessels and uh an aneurysm is a ballooning of the Uh, blood vessel wall and so it's weak and it's just one of these things that had been likely brewing for years Um, and for whatever reason it happened at this point in time
0: Mm. just think about the confluence of events and circumstances no way to know how long that aneurysm had been developing no way to know when it was going to take his life But according to his wife, Dr. Crowner, this had nothing to do with where he was. It had nothing to do with the medical treatment he received in Qatar or didn't receive in Qatar. That this was going to happen at some point because it was undetected. Because they had no idea. His brother, Eric, took to social media right away in the wake of his, his brother's death and essentially accused the Qataris of retaliating against Grant for his protests against their human rights policies and some of the human rights violations in the country. He'd had multiple run-ins with the authorities. And so when he passed away, his brother took to social media to say that this was foul play. And now his, well, Eric's sister-in-law, uh, Grant's wife, was also addressing the idea that something nefarious or evil was done to Grant in Qatar. In these
4: kinds of moments, you really have to show grace to how people grieve. Mm-hmm. And my family, my husband's family, our family, um, has had a lot of loss in the last few years. My brother-in-law was there when my father passed away. Um, he was there to see the chest compressions and the shocks. He was there with my mom. Um, shortly thereafter, his mom passed away Than his dad. Uh, So that was grief talking.
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, there's just been a lot. Mm. A lot of times when we're grieving, we are looking for someone to blame or we're just looking for some way to make sense of it. And so I certainly understand why his brother would speak out. It breaks my heart, of course. Um, But Dr. Grounder wants people to know that Grant was larger than life.
4: I want people to remember him as this kind, generous person who was really dedicated to social justice. Uh, You know, I think that's another aspect of soccer that was really important to him, that, you know, promoting the women's game, um, you know, the recent statements he had made about LGBT rights. That was that was Grant. Mm -hmm. That was Grant.
0: Grant protested anything that he felt like was an injustice and he did it proudly and he did it without fear of repercussion. He lost his job at Sports Illustrated for protesting pay cuts during the pandemic. That was the report a couple of years ago. And so he was unabashedly Grant, but as a journalist widely respected for his objectivity, his fairness, his connection, certainly his knowledge and the way that he presented his topics. As I say, it's very rare that you get one journalist who is so completely synonymous with a particular sport, and that was Grant, with soccer in the U.S., not just men's but also women's. Coming up, speaking of soccer and the World Cup, our friend Jesse Bradley joins us one last time in this World Cup from Seattle, that hotbed. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.